Welcome into the post game podcast NFL draft special with Jeff Eisenband. Two awesome interviewees coming at you. Leonard Fournette, we talked in the backseat of a car while he went from the gym to his hotel, and Donovan McNabb, who I openly admitted I despised as a child. Coming at you right now here, the post game podcast. All right, now joining us on the post-game podcast, former LSU running back star Leonard Fournette, mm-hmm. uh, for some reason has let me ride in a, I feel like I'm in your entourage right now, <laughs> riding down the streets of Philly, getting ready for the NFL draft, one of the last people that you might, I don't know, you could have 50 more of these interviews. How many interviews have you had at this point? Uh, oh, man, I mean, it's numerous of them, man. I, I couldn't tell you, I mean, I go to talk to people, and uh, I'm about my way. I mean, on a day like this, you know, a day that you probably, because especially, you know, I don't know how much people realize, but you've been scrutinized for a long, long time. I mean, I personally, I read about you in high school. I'm sure people read about you yeah. in middle school. Uh, has is this day felt like it's just been inevitable for a long time? I mean, yeah, I mean, it's been a long time coming, man. I mean, as far as like all the hype, I mean, it felt like I was in high school forever, man. You know, <laughs> uh, started on varsity my uh, my ninth grade year. And I mean, just looking back on it, man, I mean, it was it was a great experience. Uh, overall, uh, grew as a man, you know, uh, with all those years, I became, I became a father of two. So, learning experience, man, becoming a man, a young man, wisely, uh, is understandable, everything. So, everything I went through brought me here. I think people also need to understand how close LSU was to you, you yeah. know, growing up in New Orleans. It wasn't just the school that you went to college, yeah. but it was a school, if I'm not mistaken, that you grew up idolizing no nah, nah, not nah. idolizing but rooting for I mean around. I mean nah, not, not really you know uh, I didn't know nothing about Baton Rouge until I really got uh, I really got uh, my first scholarship from LSU so I mean going to uh, every every probably, probably say every every three four weeks just to go see the team I mean I, I fell in love with it more and more you know because those guys was out there playing for Louisiana and and some of those guys from Louisiana you know so me, you know, I wanted to be different. You know, everybody's going to Alabama, you know, especially a lot of great athletes from from Louisiana. So I, I wanted to be different, set the tone, and just make sure everybody stay home who's from Louisiana. And you end up, you know, Coach O comes in, takes over halfway through the last season, um, and now when you're going through this draft process, he's your guy. Yeah. And what has that been like for you? That adjustment. Maybe you were expecting Coach Miles to be here when you were going to be called up on stage, but now it's Coach O. And how has that changed the the direction? I mean, uh. I knew Coach O way before I knew Coach Miles. You know, he, he recruited me at USC. You know, uh, he told me one day he was gonna, he was gonna coach me, and it wanted to be my last year at LSU. You know, so it's crazy how things work. But uh, I mean, most definitely, I'm sad, man. Coach Coach Miles is a great coach, man. A great, even better man. You know, I love being around Coach Miles. So uh, I mean, I, I developed, I've been developing a great relationship with Coach with Coach O, and I'm happy he's gonna be here. Have you? I assume you've watched The Blind Side before. Yeah. <laughs> The Coach O scene. Yeah. Do you guys ever talk? Did you ever talk about that as a team? Nah, I think nah, such nah. A funny not scene. really, man. But uh, how was his acting? I mean, I, I don't think. I mean, everything with him is is real. It's uh-huh. pure. It's pure with him. I mean, football wise, he loves football. I mean, you can't take that from him. That's what he knows. That's what's in him. I mean, he's a Louisiana man through thick and thin, man. So everything about him is just real. Um, 
Rock Nation, mm-hmm. being with them. Have you met Jay-Z yet? Nah, I never met Jay yet, but, you know. Uh, Where, what's he waiting for? I mean, nah, it's not it's not what he waiting for. We both, we're we on different terms, man. We both busy. You know, so, I mean, one, one day I'll sit down, sit down and meet with Jay. You know, right now I'm just busy running. So, I mean, I've talked to him plenty of times, though. Mm. You know, that's, that's no thing. So, you know, he's a great man. I talked to him on the phone. I mean, if my if my mama approve of you, you know what I mean, you, you good, you good in my books. She approve, yeah. she approves of Jay Z. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good for Jay Z. How how big of a college football fan is he? Did he follow you in college? Oh yeah, yeah. He he, he read about me in college, and he he looked he looked uh he looked me up, and and I mean he's a he's a he's a wonderful dude. And throughout this draft process, who are some guys that you've become close with? I mean, nah, no, nobody really. I mean, you've been knowing everybody since mm-hmm. since high school, mm-hmm. since mm-hmm. rivals camps. I mean, since whatever you've been doing. So. Uh, I mean, I just, I just been enjoying my time, man. You know, me and Jamal, me and Jamal Adams, man. Uh, hopefully, we be top five picks, you know, to make history. And I'm just waiting on that, praying for that. And we were just, uh, you were just on a Facebook Live with Metrics, uh, one of your sponsors. And one of the questions that was asked by Adam Kaplan was, uh, what was the weirdest question that you've gotten <laughs> so far? And I, yeah. I want you to repeat what that is, because I thought it was amusing. Yeah, uh, uh, one team asked me who was Sherlock Holmes, <laughs> uh, what was the capital of China. Man, I mean, it was all type of crazy questions, man. But I mean, looking looking back on it, man, I mean, it's a it's a it's a fun it's a fun experience, you know, because that's something you get to tell your kids. I mean, it's a great. That's real detective work. They have you doing Sherlock Holmes questions. Yeah, because he he was a, a detective. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's good that you got that. And I know, um, you know, a lot has been made about the whole Wonderlick thing. And I'm not, you know, I think obviously mm-hmm. it, it was brought up. Yeah. Um, perhaps shouldn't have been. What? How did did that affect anything in terms of your training? Were I you mean, annoyed? I mean, nah, man. Most of most of everybody, no, nobody really answered it, mm-hmm. you know, because they mm-hmm. said, they said, I mean, they give you ten minutes to answer as many questions as you can, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's crazy. So, I mean, I probably answered like five, 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 probably five or ten or probably fifteen of them mm-hmm. other questions. After that, I just stopped. Well, that's a question that I think with a lot of people, it's is that. Do you guys even take it really that seriously nah. when you show up? No. Nah, not really. So, so for anyone that would say, you know, oh, Leonard Fournette got this short, yeah. what would you say to them? I mean, I mean, people gonna think whatever they won't think. You mm-hmm. know, if 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 I wasn't as smart as I am, man, I wouldn't be graduating in, in, from college in three years. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, but it is what it is. And that's a good call out there. <laughs> uh, it, tonight, does it matter what number you get called, or you just want to be on an NFL team? No, nah, it doesn't matter, man. As uh, long as I get called, I'm gonna be happy with that. That's a good mentality to have, and you're working with Metrics here. Yeah. Um, you know, what has that relationship been like for you? You know, I love talking to guys like you, dra- future draft picks. Yeah. This yeah. is your first time getting paid for all this, yeah, like having definitely. sponsors. How's that been? I mean, definitely my partnership with them has been great. You know, I, I don't just use it, but I put my family on it, man. My family loves using it now, you know, when they work out. Uh, and they, well, I ain't going to say work out. They try to work out. I was going to say, how big is your family? Yeah, I mean, they big. You know, my, my family big. You know, especially the, the, my uncles and cousins, man. They think they're athletes. Or they always come with their stories uh, or what they would have did me back in the day if they would have played and stuff. So, I mean, I put them, I put them on metrics, man. They love it. Uh, I mean, I kind of put everything I do, I put in my family, Under Armour, anything. So I try to get around in my neighborhood, in my hood, where I'm from. I mean, people love it. And just to give people an idea, we're now at your hotel. Yeah. And we're in we're in the back of the car here. What's uh, on tap from now until you get drafted? I mean, I got I got to get dressed in a few, but I, I'm about to go in there, probably lay down, get a haircut and stuff, uh, listen to some music. Uh, my, my mom, my dad, my sisters, uh, my daughter, and uh, and just chill. How long does it take to get into whatever your NFL draft outfit is? Oh, it ain't gonna take long, man. <laughs> you know, uh, 
I'm I'm kind of I'm my own stylist. I'm a stylist myself, you know. So fashion is not a big thing to me, you know. I I could, I could pick out an outfit in 15, 20 minutes, you know. I have I have a good eye, so I mean I have a good eye for clothes. I mean that's good. Well, I don't even want to. I don't want to ask what particularly this, but what what the type of outfit you're wearing tonight? Oh, it's just gonna, it's gonna, you're gonna like it. You know, you're gonna like it. it's gonna it's gonna pop. It's gonna catch some people's eyes. You know, that's the type of man I, I guy I am. Just catch people's eyes. So man, you, we, we will see. That's what I want to hear. Leonard Fournette, thanks for coming by the post game podcast. I appreciate it. <laughs> now on the post game podcast, a, we're in Philadelphia right now, and I mean a legend, Donovan McNabb. And Donovan, yesterday I'm I'm at an event, and I hear people start talking. They're like, five's here, five's here. Five's here. Is that how you, did people just walk around the street? They say five, they know exactly who they're talking about? Well, that's, uh, that's the name. I mean, you know, there's no more Donovan. There's, it's just five. And the exciting part about it, I mean, you spent over a decade here and the success that we've had um, to, to get out and, and see uh, the faces that supported me, uh, you know, all of the fans who truly backed everything that we were able to accomplish. And they also still are supporting Carson and the rest of those guys. But, it's true fans. I love the fans of Philadelphia. Everything that we were able to do was because of our fans. Um, and, and the same goes even that we're no longer playing. You love to come back and, and see some of the familiar faces. Yeah, this may come as a shock to you, but Philly fans are pretty opinionated. Really? You know, that's new to me. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I just didn't feel that vibe while I was here. Uh, it didn't matter if it was game situation or during the week. You know, it, it, But then again, you know, it, that's what being a fan is about. You know, before I, I was drafted, I was – a big Bears fan. I was real uh, opinionated of, of the decisions that were made after they won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm on the other side. So uh, it's just the things that happens, and, and you appreciate just the fact that they uh, show in love and, and appreciation for what, what we're doing. Yeah, I mean, I, so I grew up a Giants fan. And so, you know, there was a Yeah, I know you're opinionated every, too. Right? Every time, every, you know, but you guys were so good during that early 2000s era when you were taking the team to NFC Championship games. Mm-hmm. And to me, even as much as I dislike the Eagles, to well, say, to throw that out, to throw that. that out there. Um, this interview is over. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. You, uh, but you always took it. It seemed like guys would, this media would tear into you, and you seemed to take it in stride all the time. Um, I know it's it's cliche and whatnot, but how were you able to withstand that in a city like this? One thing that I've always understood is, no matter what you say about me, you're still not going to affect me. Mm-hmm. Me of accomplishing my dream, um, and I, I always know that. You know, they may feel one one way one day and it, things may change the next. And, and the way that you change that is by going out and being very successful, continue to work hard uh, and put the product out on the field. And that's what football is all about. You're going to have ups and downs. You're going to overcome some adversities. But it's the consistency that stands strong. And, and if we're able to go out each and every week uh, to, to go out and play well, play at that elite level and be very competitive of what we do, good things will happen at the end. And that's something that we did. Uh, over a decade. I mean, we had some down years. We we had some years in which, um, you know, guys got hurt. Uh, we weren't as productive as we were on those great years that we had. But more than more than uh, than not, we were very successful and we were able to accomplish great things. What giant uh, drove you the most crazy? Uh, there was one guy. He just had like a gap between his teeth. <laughs> um, he's like on every TV network. It seems like. Uh, that guy, a straight hand guy, you know, I didn't like him too much. I think he sacked me 14 times, seven more than any other quarterback that he's played against. Uh, and then he never asked me to do his, his Hall of Fame speech, which I was a little upset and pissed off about. But he did mention my offensive tackle, John Runyon. So I, I lo- took a little pressure off of him. But uh, we always had great battles. Um, and it wasn't a long ride. So we always felt like we needed to, to beat him down so that we can kind of get home quickly and talk about it during the week. 
I thought you were going to say he hasn't invited you on to his uh, TV show. Well, we worked together at Fox. So, um, and we had ongoing battles talking about each other of our suits. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we just, we had a great time. But I'm, I'm so happy for him um, of the things he's able to do off the field now. Now that the game is over, uh, you can, he's kind of that model of what you want to get accomplished when retirement happens. Um, I mean, Good Morning America, he's like the face of Good Morning America. And he was on Mike and Kelly. Um, you know, he's on the, the, the pregame show uh, for Fox, folk postgame show. I mean, he's everywhere. It seems like every time you look up, Strahan's doing something. Did you talk to him off the field when I did. you guys were playing? I, you know what? We, we communicated a lot. We did the uh, Campbell Soup commercial. We mm -hmm. did a Dr. Pepper commercial. Uh, and we would always just kind of spend time off the field, not talking about football, but just, you know, talk about things we want to accomplish when we were all done. Um, how do we want to be remembered, our legacy, uh, and life after football, the next step. And, and when he decided to go into uh, the media uh, and then also, you know, he's become a face, not just from a sports standpoint, but he's a face of, of just the everyday people. Do you still eat Campbell's Chunky Noodle Soup? I don't. Um, you grew out of it? Well, checks stopped coming in. Um, <laughs> no, just kidding. You know what? I grew up on Ch on Campbell's. Uh, that's when I wasn't getting paid. Uh, but, I mean, if I'm a father now. Mm -hmm. uh, I got four kids in my own. If kids get sick, you go and get some soup and make them feel better. So, you know, if it's Campbell's, Progressive, or whatever it may be, hey, whoever wants to, you know, have me as their face, uh, I'm available. Uh, I eat everything. Who taught you more when you were a young – when you were a college – Going from college to the pros, who taught you more, Jim Beheim or Andy Reid? <laughs> uh, definitely not Beheim. <laughs> um, you know what? It was it was Paul Pascaloni and Kevin Rogers. Um, I should have I should have thrown Paul. At you know the, the thing about it is you know we focus so much on the end, but there's always a starting block and then there's a midpoint. You know I had John Torella, who was my my seventh and eighth grade coach, who kind of led me into this whole football thing and and kind of allowed me to to just be an athlete and have fun and play and make plays for the team and we were successful and then getting into high school in the Frank Lindsay where I learned the ins and outs of the game the intricacies of the X's and O's um, getting to college and you get more advanced training training on the run and Kevin Rogers and Paul Pascaloni taught me that and prepared me for the professional aspect in life after um, and going with with uh, Andy we were able to narrow a lot of different things down to be a great quarterback. And, and so uh, there was a process for me. It wasn't just one particular guy. There were a group of men that, that were very involved in everything that I was able to accomplish uh, as a sports figure. Now, basketball, college basketball is different than college football. College football, you have these 110-guy rosters. Mm -hmm. um, college basketball, you're more like 12 to 15. Um, what was your relationship like with Coach Beheim? Did you guys ever talk one-on-one? -on -one? Yeah, we talked one-on-one. -on -one. I mean, you know, the thing, we have a great relationship. Um, you know, I always I always say he's the worst coach because he doesn't know how to, how to uh, evaluate talent because I didn't play much. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, you, you give credit to everything that he was able to accomplish. Um, you know, he's – he was one of the, most, the winningest coaches in the NCAA until obviously uh, what happened a couple of years ago. But um, every his his wins stand alone. I mean, it speaks for themselves. So he's been able to, you know, get to the national championship three, four times. I mean, he's been in the Final Four over the last couple of years. Uh, what two, two or three times in the last five, six years. Mm -hmm. So it says a lot about him. Um, you know, well deserving of everything that he's uh, you know received thus far. Uh, and I think he'll receive a lot more. It feels like you don't see the basketball and football crossover and multi-sport multi guys. I know Jameis Winston did play baseball and right. football. Um, but is it – You is rarely it, see the basketball-football 
um, you know, obviously with, with myself and Antonio Gates and um, Julius Peppers. But and, Antonio Gates didn't even go to school for football, right? Well, I mean, most guys don't because they realize, you know, you know, being from a small school, I think he went to VCU or something like that. Um, you know, he, he still averaged a high, high amount of points. Um, but sometimes you just, you know, for big guys like that, you just don't see the M- NBA in your future. I mean, Antonio Gates, I think, is like 6'4", six, 6'5", six, and when you look at the 6'4", six, 6'5", six, they're point guards now. You know, two guards are like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, and threes and fours are 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, so, I mean, Antonio Gates playing a point guard position, I don't think that would happen. Um, playing a two-guard position, that would be tough. But it worked out well for him in football. Mm-hmm. I mean, he may become a future Hall of Famer. I know he's going to be – um, probably the, either the, the best or the second best tight end ever playing a San Diego uniform behind Keller Winslow. Um, so, I mean, I think he made the right decision. But is it just guys like there's so much specialized, you know, training right now when guys are younger? Not that, what, you're, basketball? Not that you're an old man. Um, well, in basketball and well, in just sports in general. Well, sports in ge- I mean, it, it's, it's really it's funny because, you know, growing up, you know, you didn't have the guru aspect. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of these mm-hmm. quarterbacks are going to see these gurus and, mm-hmm. and working out at a young age, at a 10, 11, working out with a personal trainer. Mm-hmm. And that's the parents. The parents are doing way too much. Um, and then for basketball, these guys are playing AAU from the age of eight to pretty much the age of 18. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and so you see them on a collegiate level, and some of them kind of hit the wall. You know, you, you're like, wow, this kid can play, but how much is he going to continue to grow? Mm-hmm. Uh, we see so many of them kind of have hit that wall and, and the potential is no longer there. If what you see is what you get. Um, so it's different from when, when I was growing to where they are now because, you know, it's so much that goes into it. You know, it's like, uh, have, have, are you playing on this club team or AAU team? Or, uh, you know, have you been to Elite 11? Mm-hmm. Have you been invited to ABCD camp, Nike camp, all that type of stuff? Whereas before, when I came out, it was like, you know, hey, we're going to this high school to recruit this kid. Um, we like what we're going to offer him a scholarship, not kind of watch him play in a, in a whole tournament of top players. You know, so that's the world we live in. How did you match up with Antoine Walker in high school? Oh, it was better. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, he, he knew it. Um, I knew it. Uh, now, Antoine was, uh, you're talking about a 6'8 phenom. I mean, a guy who grew faster than he expected. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was a freshman, we had a little summer league game where all the incoming freshmen played together. He was sitting underneath the basket, and he's standing there at about six. I think at that time he might have been like about six five, six six, long, skinny, and he's standing there. And I'm, you know, I'm just meeting guys that are going to be going to the same school I am. We're playing in playing in a summer league versus other schools, and I'm like, hey man, um, you know, you, you playing? And he's like, yeah, I'm thinking about what school I'm gonna go to. I'm like, I didn't know nothing about him. He was already one of the top eighth graders coming out and so it's just I'm like hey man you should come play at Mont Carmel he's like I'm thinking about it um, and all of a sudden we kind of go in together and we see each other and we just kind of talk from there I mean he just evolved in, as the one of the top 10 players in the country and then going to Kentucky and beating me in the national championship game <laughs> which I'm a little upset still at this point because that would have been a ring I would have had but um, great friend I'm happy to see what he's doing now working with the SEC network I think um, so I'm happy for him. Yeah, I mean, and he obviously, this is not news to you, had some financial issues going on while he was playing. Mm-hmm. Did you guys, you know, cross cross paths in terms of bang ideas off each other in terms of how to how to handle the spotlight that you were in at about the same time? Um, 
we we had communicated about you know different things that are going on off the field. I don't I don't get into other people's financial aspects mm-hmm. of things unless you know it's brought to my attention. I obviously knew about it, but uh, we just talked about a few things of just direction to go in. Um, again, I, like I talked about, he's working with the SEC Network. We had talked about the media standpoint uh, of just giving back in that aspect of things, of showing uh, your knowledge of of the game and being able to, to express that to a lot of the listeners and viewers. I think he's done a great job. I'm happy for him. He's back on track. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, here's a guy who uh, was so talented, uh, but I think it kind of overweighed his, his, his intelligence in the game, and now he can be able to express that. Do you still talk to him now? I do. I do. Um, you know, we, we reflect each other on, on talk back and forth on Facebook or so. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see each other when they go back home to Chicago, um, but I'm just happy for him. And I think people might not know this, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but your nephew, Darnell Nurse, yeah. is an NHL player. Yeah, he's in the second round. Uh, they played last night. I, for the was, Oilers. It was late for the Oilers. They're playing the Anaheim Ducks. Um, they just got out of uh, the first round. I went to watch them play in San Jose against the Sharks. Um, and I'll be I'll be going to Anaheim to watch him play. How active are you in following that sort of career? You know, it's funny is you know my brother has, doesn't have any kids, mm-hmm. uh, which you know I'm glad at this point because he's older than me. He needs to you know don't don't rush into it having. <laughs> but uh, my wife's side and I there you talk about Darnell. I've been very supportive of in everything he's been able to accomplish. He came to me. Oh, I remember when he was born, but you know he came and trained with me at the age of twelve, and every year. Came and trained, and then he was drafted in OHL, second round, second pick overall, I think. Uh, then in the NHL, I think he was like eighth. Uh, but he's continued to grow and gotten better. His sister plays at the University of UConn. Mm-hmm. So she's got two rings at this particular point. Um, they would have had three this year, but I ended up losing to Mississippi State. And then my other niece uh, plays hockey for the University of Wisconsin, who just lost in the national championship game. Um, this is your wife's family. That's yeah, the athletic. This is my wife's family. You have nothing to do with these genes. I do. Well, yeah. <laughs> hey, man, where they are is because of me, too. <laughs> um, no, but I'm very supportive of all my family members, all my nieces and nephews. Um, so, and I got kids of my own. So, you know, it's just it's just fun to, to watch them grow and to, to see what they're evolving, evolving yeah. into. How can you give them advice how to be a professional athlete? Well, it's not so much about being a professional athlete. It's just, just building great work ethic, uh, being determined and goal-oriented. I think it, it starts at a young age, and for them, uh, they want to – be the best that they possibly can be. And that only, only would happen if you write it down uh, and look at it each and every day and, and ask yourself, did I do anything to uh, to achieve that goal? And and if not, continue to work harder. And I think when you have the opportunity to play profession like Darnell, uh, rewrite goals. Um, you know, continue to push yourself. See who it is out there that you want to challenge yourself with. And, you know, if it's a Sidney Crosby's or whatever he has on his team, McDavid, uh, who's Pretty a future good. star. Pretty good. Um, but he's a defenseman, and he's like the goon. So, you know, you want to be well-known, go ahead and knock somebody out every now and then. But um, he plays well. <laughs> he didn't well. get to do that. Well, I mean, he's, he fought a little bit. He's been fighting, you know. But, you know, in the playoffs, you fight. I mean, you might get suspended, you know, <laughs> and save some of that money because, you know, they will find you heavy out there. Um, you're working here in Philly with the FedEx air and ground player. Mm-hmm. Um, which is incredible. There's donations being made. What exactly is going on with that? You know, the exciting part about what, what FedEx has done is the first quarterback and the first running back have taken, you know, for the air and ground game. And the donation will, will go to all the members of the USO, um, 5,000 each, um, so that they will be able to, you know, reach back home and also uh, give back and, and still uh, spend time with their families and things of that nature. And I think it's very important for what they do and what they provide for us uh, and our freedom. Uh, we need to give back to them. And last question before I let you go, uh, Tony Romo, 
um, you know, played against him, crossover with him, mm-hmm. um, watching him, the way his career played out and the way that, that he kind of ended abruptly. Uh, is there a feeling of just that he left something on the table retiring now? It always happens when you retire. Um, you know, you never want to go out that way I did. I mean, I played it, played with Minnesota, which we were, weren't too good. Um, and after that, I decided to retire. Um, he wished he would have played. And, I mean, he's had multiple surgeries and, and, and issues. But, you know, you, at some point you have to say, I'm done. Mm-hmm. You, have to, you have to, you know, as Marshawn did, throw your cleats up on the wire and ride out. Who, um, who is coming back, by the way? Which I would like to see him get <laughs> up up there and grab those those things out <laughs> off the wire. But uh, you know the whole thing about it, you know, everyone does it different. You know, you had Jerome Bettis, who, I mean, you go out on the chariot pretty much. You win the, win the championship and you kind of decide to retire, or you, you know, you like Tony Romo and myself, just say, hey, you know what? It's been great. It's been real. I got time to move on now. So um, I think he'll look back on his career and be very excited of everything he's accomplished. Uh, but now it's a new chapter in his book. Donovan McNabb stopping by the post-game podcast here. Busy day in Philly. Good luck with it. Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Remember to follow the post-game at the post-game on Facebook and Twitter at the underscore post underscore game on Instagram. And you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Jeff Eisenbahn.